as today is Vision Sunday. Uh, this is a little bit of a different Sunday than usual. We do this once a year. It's an opportunity to step back and to, to look at, come back to kind of the core of who we are as a church, to be able to talk through a number of things. And, I, and I'm just really grateful all of you could be a part of things here today. Uh, question for you, how many of you like golf? Any of you out there like golf? A couple of you like golf, okay. Um, this is a name that, that some of you would know. I would guess if you're younger, you may not know. How many know the name Jack Nicholas? Anybody know the name Jack Nicholas? Okay, if you don't know who Jack Nicholas is, uh, Jack Nicholas, prior to Tiger Woods, he was the undisputed GOAT, the greatest of all time, uh, won many golf tournaments. He won 18 major championships. He was the guy that Tiger was chasing down and trying to chase after. And Jack Nicholas did something very unique. Every year, greatest golfer, every year during the winter, he would go meet up in the same place with his same coach. And you know what they would do? All right, Jack, let's look at your grip. Are you holding the club right? Oh, have you done anything wrong? No, let's fix your grip. Let's do that. Jack, let's look at your feet. How are you sitting your feet? This is the greatest golfer of all time. I think he knows how to hold a golf club, right? Right? And he would do this. He would go through all the foundational things, the basic things, get his golf game all set up. Why did he do that? Because he knew something. If he got off in the foundational, fundamental things, it was going to end up destroying his golf game in the long run. And the same thing is true for us as a church. If we miss out on the foundational things, the core things of who we are called to be and who God has called us to be, then we are going to be in trouble. We're not just a bunch of individuals. We are a corporate body who is supposed to be moving in unity. And if we lose sight of that, we are in trouble as a church. So what do we do? Every year we come together and we have an opportunity to come back to the core things of who we are as a congregation. And so today I'm going to remind, there's going to be some reminding for you here this morning. If you're newer to our church, hopefully you're going to hear some things. Maybe you haven't heard before. We're going to take some time to talk through that. Then we're going to take some time to celebrate what happened in 2021, the amazing things that God did here in 2021. And then we're going to close our time looking forward to 2022. What is God calling us to as a body, but also who is he, what is he challenging each and every one of us to in 2022? And I believe God's put a, just two words on my heart for our congregation and excited to share that with you today, all right? If you are a part of Zoe Church, this is your home. This is a great Sunday. I pray that the passion meter goes up for where God is taking us in this year. But if you are a guest or you've been just kind of around a little bit, I think you're gonna know very clearly whether this is places for you or, or whether it's not. And if this isn't the place for you, I pray you find a church that you can dive into because God God's best for you is in the context of his church and his body. And I know there's a place for you to worship, all right? If you got your Bibles, turn with me to a passage you probably know, John chapter 10. John chapter 10. As you turn there, just a, uh, a reminder, we've been in a Bible reading plan the entire year through the entire scripture. And today is the last day. Can you give it up for those who actually finished the reading plan this year? <laughs> There's, there's some of you that bailed out a long time ago. That's okay. I'm just proud of those who stuck through, persevered. We're going to talk about a new opportunity at the end of our service today for every one of us. I hope you can engage in that, all right? Uh, if you got your Bibles here, would you stand with me as we look at one verse? John chapter 10, verse number 10. This is Jesus speaking. It says this, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Father, we thank you for your truth and your word. Thank you how these words that you spoke 2,000 years ago are still alive today. And God, they have life for us. And Lord, I pray uh, that as we look at these things, if we look at these truths, God, that we would be reminded of the gospel, reminded of the truth, 
And Father, reminded of where our hope is at. Pray that in the name of Jesus, everybody say, amen. You can be seated. Well, uh, I want you to do something real quick. You got 20 seconds to do this. Turn to your neighbor. I want you to tell them what is your favorite movie of all time. Favorite movie of all time, all right? Turn to your neighbor. If you're with us online, you can post it in the chat room right now. Just type out what's your favorite movie, all right? All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, there's probably, you know, when, when it comes to movies, my guess is there's as many favorite movies as there are people in this room. Uh, but I'll ask some broad questions. How many of your favorite movie is an action movie? Anybody, it's, a, it's an action. Some of you like the action movies. Okay, how many of you like drama or like romance or love or those kind of things? You like those? How many of you like a comedy? That's your favorite kind of movie, okay? Okay, Amber and I, we love comedy movies because we have enough stress in our life as it is. I don't need to get stressed out watching a movie, okay? I just want to laugh. Like, that's all I want, okay? But when it comes to stories that I like, there's one type of story that's my favorite. It's a redemption story. I love redemption stories. I love it when everything's gone crazy and then something beautiful happens out of that. And when I think about the story of our church, I see a beautiful redemption story. Those who have been here for a long time know exactly what I'm talking about. This church is an amazing church with a long history. The amazing things of what God has done and the ways that, the, that God has used this church, but it went through a very challenging season. And during that season, there was a group of people who decided to just persevere and to stay faithful and to pray their guts out. And through their prayers and, and their seeking after God, God has done something beautiful. In fact, it was three years ago that Amber and I were invited to come be the lead pastors. And we're not shy about saying we had no desire to come here. Like it was not our plan. It's not what we wanted to do. But God gripped our heart and made it very clear he was calling us here to pastor this church for this season. And we are so grateful for that calling. And as a result, over these last three years, he has done the miraculous, the supernatural, the kind of things that we couldn't even explain. But before we stepped into this church, even when we were just praying about, are we supposed to come or not? God began to speak some things into my heart about this is, this is what this church is about. And the verse that God put on my heart was this verse right here. John 10, 10. And it begins by saying this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, right? And that's the story of this church. That God was doing amazing things and in the midst of it, there was an, an enemy who was coming after this church. But more than that being the story of this church, that is the story of every single believer of Jesus Christ, okay? And you need to understand this, Four simple words, it's this, you are under attack, okay? Just understand that. Understand that, spiritually speaking, you are under attack. There is an enemy of your soul that wants to take you out. He doesn't want you to experience the blessings and the hope that God has for you. Instead, he wants to take you out. He wants to bring destruction. And for some of you, I don't have to convince you of that. <laughs> you know that. You've lived it, you've experienced, but some of us can grow cold to the realities that there is an enemy coming after us. Now, how does the enemy come after us? How does he attack us? For some of us, it's an issue of sin. You know that in your life. Some of you are like, I know exactly the area where the enemy attacks me, right? I've got this addiction, I've got this, uh, maybe it's a chemical addiction, and you know that's a challenge for you, right? For some of you, maybe it's something sexual, maybe it's a relationship, or it's pornography, it's one of those kind of things, and it's something that grips you, and it holds on to you, and you know, like, that's where the enemy comes, and he attacks, and he destroys, and it's only brought death in my life. 
There's others of you, maybe it's not those. Maybe it is that person in your relationship. Maybe it is something else going on in your life where the enemy is constantly bringing that thing to you and it's a weak point in your life. But my guess is there's some of you are like, you know what, Greg? I don't really have that one big sin. I think I'm sure I fall here and there, but I don't have like that one big deep sin that the enemy comes after. So, so for some of us, it's not a sin issue. The enemy just tries to get us a little cold. Like he, he may not be able to get you 180 degrees off, but if he can just get you one degree off, he knows where that road leads. And I would guess that there's some of you, if, if you look over this past year, you say to yourself, you know what? I haven't gotten any deep sin. Like it's not like I've gone sideways or anything, but if I'm really honest, I've gotten a little cold in my faith. Like, I don't, I don't get in the word like I used to. I, I'm not in prayer like I used to. I don't even come to church as often as I used to. I just, I've gotten a little cold. I'm not leading my family where I feel like I should be leading my family, right? That's what the enemy does. He doesn't want you to experience life. He doesn't want you to experience fullness. He wants to kill and destroy everything in your life. And when we forget that, we can get ourselves into very dangerous positions. The thief comes only to steal kill and destroy. But Jesus says these words, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And what is that word life? Some of you are like, oh, that's what that word means. <laughs> Zoe, the abundant, overwhelming, overflowing life that is only found in Jesus. See, that's his desire for us. Sometimes we get people who, you know, who talk about faith and are like, man, Man, faith, it just like sucks the fun out of life. Like it's all these things that you can't do. Just don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And that's what faith is, but that's not what it is at all. The enemy wants you to believe that reality, but the truth is the enemy wants to kill you and Jesus wants to bring life into you. He wants to give you something that you can't receive anywhere else. And that's what he wants in your story. The redemptive story of every single one of us is God transforming us into the people he's created us to be, filling us with the hope and the life and the peace that we can't find anywhere else. But when we think about the story of what God has done in this church, it's the exact same thing. When, we, when I brought to the congregation, I said, I think God's calling us to change the name. Some people grumbled because this church has had a lot of names in the past. <laughs> the people who've been around know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, I'm not coming because I got some cool name that I think is hip and it'll look good on a t-shirt. Okay? God put this verse in my heart. And I felt God say, your name should be Zoe. And it's not just who you are, it's who you're going to become. It's what I'm going to do here. And over the past three years, we have seen God breathe new life into this community, to breathe his spirit into this over and over and over again. We have watched God do the miraculous in this place. And Amber and I have heard a story happen over and over and over again. People just come and they're like, I don't, I can't explain it. There's just a life here. There's something, and every time it's not like, man, we're killing it, Amber. We know we're, no, it's like, God, thank you for what you have done. You promised it, and you're making it happen over and over again. And my prayer is that this would be the kind of place over and over where people who have been, had their butts handed to them by the enemy, that they would walk in here and see a redemptive work take place in their life, experience the hope of Christ, the life of Christ, that a new fire would be lit in their heart and they would experience something they never have before, just reassurance of their hope in Christ. 
And so that's our prayer, that we would continually be that. Because at the end of the day, as a church, it's not just that we would experience life. Our calling is Jesus gave us the command that we would go into all the world and make disciples, that we would go share this life, that this fountain that is inside of us would impact other people. And I pray that we will continue to be that kind of a church. But in addition to the verse that God put on my heart for our church, uh, there was three statements that God put into my heart. Again, it was late at night, in the middle of the night. We hadn't even decided if we were coming here. And God put something in my heart and said, hey, these are, these are the core values that, that you need to leave, uh, live by. These need to be the things that guide the direction of the church. And there's things that probably you've heard before. Some of you, may, if you're newer, maybe you haven't heard these. The first one is this. It's our core values. We are gospel-centered. We are gospel-centered. We aren't preaching-centered. We're not event-centered, right? We're not singing-centered. You know, we're not any of those kind of things. And I'll say this. We're not even Bible-centered. And some of you are like, woo. Let me clarify, <laughs> because here's the problem that can happen sometimes, is that we can come to the Word of God, right? The Word of God. We, I mean, there is no church that, that is more passionate about the Word of God than we are. I come every week and say, we got to hear what God has to say to us. But hear this, it's very possible that you can come to the Word of God and turn it into morality. Just try to be a better person. Read a verse and try to, you shouldn't lie. That's not good. You shouldn't do those things. Listen, at the end of the day, that's not good news for you. If the good news is you've got to try your way into eternity, you're in trouble. That's not, Jesus did not come preaching, just try to be a better person. He came saying, you need new life, and that good news is only found in me. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ, a transformed heart that happens by the power of Jesus Christ. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so we are a gospel center. When I come and bring us to the word, if I haven't got to the gospel, I'm not done preaching yet. We got to come to where the hope is. It isn't in us, it is in Christ. And guess, this is what I want for your kids. You got kids, I got my kids getting raised in this church. I don't want you to just have good church kids. Like that's nice, it makes us feel good, but at the end of the day, that's not a hope for them. I want them grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your teenagers, I don't want them to just be good church kids. I want them grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. When they leave your home, there is no hope for them except in the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? And so that is who we are. We are grounded, we are gospel-centered as a church, and we will continue to be. The second thing is this, we embrace the struggle. We embrace the struggle. You're with us for the online service. I shared some of this. Embrace the struggle. Number one, we embrace the struggle of life. How many know life isn't always easy? Right? It just ain't. It's hard sometimes. And sometimes in the church, we, we don't think, oh, oh don't, don't talk about that here. We walk in the door, oh, praise Jesus. Everything's great. I'm doing great. Everything's wonderful. Right? When at the same time, you're just dying inside. You know? We say we embrace the struggle of life. It isn't like we sit and coddle our hard things, but we're honest about them. Why? Because when we're honest about the hard stuff we're going through, it sets a safe space for other people to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. To walk in and not feel like I got to just kind of put a plastic face on and pretend like I got my stuff together when I don't know. We can be honest about that. It doesn't make you more spiritual to ignore it. So we want to be that kind of a church. We embrace the struggle of life, but secondly, we embrace the struggle of faith. I mean, you know, faith isn't always easy. You ever had that moment in your life where you, something hard happens and you're suddenly asking questions of faith that you've never asked before? There's moments like that. In fact, this last week, I got a call from an older gentleman in our church. He watches online, actually, because physically he's going through some stuff, and he can't even come in the building. And he's wrestling. He's struggling. He's like, Greg, I don't understand this thing. I'm like, I don't understand either. We have those moments of faith, right, where it's a tough. And unfortunately, we've had a culture sometimes that says, don't ask those questions here, okay? 
I know for me growing up, I've, I've encountered a number of young adults who come to points in their life where they're asking questions of faith and they'll say things like this, you know what, I think I need to leave the church for a little while and figure some stuff out before I can actually come back. And I say, dear Jesus, what have we done in the church that we've built a culture where people feel like they have to leave to actually wrestle the hard things? We are going to be the kind of church where it's safe to ask the hard questions, to wrestle the hard things, to be acknowledging the reality that we don't have all this stuff figured out. We want to be that kind of church and we will be that kind of a church, okay? That is who we are. We embrace the struggle so that those who are out in this world and some of us even sitting in this room can walk in the door and say, you know what? I can be real here because it's okay. Not everybody has their stuff together. And Amber and I will lead the way as your pastors to be honest about it all because that's the only way God does the genuine work in our hearts, okay? We are gospel-centered. We embrace the struggle. And lastly, we are the church, we don't go to church. We don't do church. We are the church. Church isn't an event. Church isn't a building. It's you and it's me. And this is the one that I, I'm loving on lately because it's just been so fun around our church lately. Because you guys get this. Because we can do programs, you know, like, oh, we're going to have a program to help people with this or to help people with this. But what I see you guys doing, I hear stories like, oh, this, a bunch of people realized that somebody was struggling. They all decided to just buy meals for them for no reason. Or this couple was struggling and all of a sudden they pulled resources together and gave finances for something like this. You guys are being the church for one another. That's what we're supposed to be as a church, right? It's not supposed to be, I show up for an hour and I leave. No, you're joining a community, not just simply showing up for an event. And as we are serving one another, that's the picture of the kingdom of God that's supposed to be designed desirable for a world out there, ones that are craving. We're living in a world that is desperate for relationship, aren't they? They're, de they're feeling isolated and alone. And when they look at us in here, they should say, man, I wish I had that in my life. You guys are living that. And I pray that we continue to be that. But more than just being the church here, I pray that we would also be the church out there. Because there are people in your world, in your school, on your job, in your neighborhood, that the only church they will ever see is you. How are we representing Christ? Are we being the church? Are we taking that life and life hope that Christ has put in us and bringing that to the world around us? I pray that that is who we are. You see, when we talk about our church, it isn't just trying to rev us up about something. It's trying to stay focused on the core things that matter. And I pray that this is who we are, and I pray this is who we continue to grow in. I pray that every part, not just us, but in my life, God, may I be gospel-centered, right? May my life be gospel-centered. May I be rooted in Christ like never before. I pray in my life, would I embrace the struggle? Would I be honest and open and honest with what's going on in my life so that others around me can feel like they can do the same thing and that we could see freedom together, not just me helping other people, but together we work on this. And may I be the church in every area of my life and every person that encounters me, may I be a representative of Christ. That's our prayer as a church, okay? And so that's who we are, as I said. This is who we'll continue to be. And if this excites you, if this is like, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of, then I encourage you to continue to dive in. Uh, but if this isn't a church, you, man, there's another church out there for you. <laughs> I hope you find them, but, but don't think you're going to change this. <laughs> this is who we are, all right? As we continue our service, I want to, I want to do two more things. I want to take a moment and, and celebrate what God did in 2021 here. Now, for some of you and a, a lot of us, this has been a hard couple of years, 
right? It's just been hard. It's been weird. It's been different. It's been challenging. And so it's easier to look around at our world and be discouraged. But what I want to do, I'm not doing this to try and, you know, just ignore all that, but I do want to take time to be grateful and thankful for what God has done here that we've had the privilege of being a part of. And so I just want to share a few of those things with you. Now, I'm not a big, like, let's just sit around and talk numbers all the time, but sometimes numbers are helpful to show you what God has been doing around here in this church. And so I want to share a few of those. Number one is that a year ago, if you were at Vision Sunday 2021, there was exactly, it was a weird Sunday, exactly 300 people that joined us on Vision Sunday 2021. This morning, there will probably be about 700 people that are joining us for Vision 2022. It's amazing to see what God has done. Over the last fall, as we look at the fall, since fall kickoff until now, we have averaged 679 over that period of time. And in addition to the fact that we have that many people worshiping with us in person, we have 70 uh, IP addresses, which homes, which could represent anywhere from 70 to two or three or 400 people that are worshiping live with us every single weekend, which means we have about a thousand people worshiping with us every single Sunday together. Is that not cool to hear about? If you, if you uh, were a part of our Christmas, how many of you were a part of our Christmas Eve service this past year? So, I mean, see, there's a lot of you that weren't. Didn't matter. We had 864 people that joined us for Christmas Eve services. It was the largest services we've ever had here. In the first service, and for those who attended the first services, we ran out of chairs. Literally. There were more bodies than there were chairs in the room. So people were doubling up on chairs. We had to bring chairs into the room. It was crazy. But it's so fun to see how many people God is drawing and bringing to be a part of things. Because of that, our kids' ministry is exploding. There's kids all over the place, okay? The kids aren't exploding. The ministry is exploding, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Takes me a while. Catch up eventually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it is, it's crazy. A couple, like a couple months ago, we had 20 babies show up to the first service. 20 babies, like six months, and it was crazy. We got extra rooms we got going on. We got leaders coming in. It's just crazy. So I would say this, if you have a passion for kids or just a passion for this church and want to serve, we could use your help in the kids' ministry. There are so many young families coming, so I would encourage you, challenge you to take a step. If you don't have a place to serve, we could use your help because there are just so many people that we are having the privilege of ministering to in our kids' area. Uh, but on top of that, we got a crazy youth, okay? We got a crazy youth. There are, there are so many kids coming. It is amazing to see what God's doing. We've had uh, weeks where it's 120, 130, 140 teenagers showing up to worship. We're getting to the point where we're starting to get a little nervous that our youth room may not be big enough for how many youth are coming. That's a good problem, amen? And so we, and this is happening. Why is this happening? It's because we've done some great little, you know, mailer that we've sent out to everybody and then now, no, no, it's happening because you guys are inviting because you're taking the step to say, man, there are people in my life that need the hope of Christ, and I want to invite them. There are teenagers that are inviting their friends and doing that. We're seeing it over and over and over again, man. There was a couple here that came to faith about a year ago, and they got passionate about say, inviting people, and they invited a coworker, and that coworker came this summer, and they came to faith, and I had the privilege of baptizing them, and now this coworker is the one who's inviting other people to come. Like, those are the fun stories. I hear stories about people in this congregation who go, and they, they've been going to coffee shops and other places just to build relationships to invite people. We've seen them walk in the door here. I've got teenagers, crazy teenagers, who are, who are seeing their friends who need Christ. They've had their lives transformed, and they're inviting these teenagers. And we've got teenagers that are the first ones in their entire family to ever come to faith. 
Like we are seeing generations transform because of you guys taking the step of faith to say there is a life that others need to experience. It is a beautiful thing. In fact, we've seen teenagers flushing drugs down the toilet because God is doing a transformative work in their life. And they said, I'm not that person anymore. I don't wanna go that direction anymore. Like it's so exciting to see how God is continuing to move around here. But because of that, obviously, you guys are inviting. We're seeing people come to faith on a regular basis around here. It's just awesome. This past year, we have seen 69 people take the step of water baptism, saying, I'm all in in my faith. I'm all in my faith. I want to give my life completely to God and surrender to him. We've, we've seen people engage in ministry. And Next Step, some of you have attended Next Step. We've had over 250 people attend Next Step over the last year and engage in ministry. Some of them in our kids' ministry, some in our youth, some of what goes here on Sunday, but some of them are things like our market day ministry that happens. Last month, if you missed out last week, we celebrated. We served 87 families, provided groceries for them last week through our market day ministry. And, and there's people that are serving that way. And I've also shared that in the last two months, we were able to launch our recovery ministry for the very first time. It is something that's been on our heart. And it is so amazing to see how even in two months, how God's beginning to work and do something in people's hearts because of the faithfulness of people who are willing to step in and be a part of things. And so it's just so fun to see what God is doing. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, and you'll understand why in a moment, is I want to talk about finances for a second. Okay? Finances. If you remember, how many of you remember we needed a new audio system around here, right? Not super exciting, but we did. And I put the, before the church, I said, we need to raise $130,000 for an audio system. Well, you crazy people raised $136,000. And the audio system un- ended up being a little bit less than $130,000, but, but God knew what we needed because uh, through that project, one of our projectors went completely out, which meant we were able to buy two new projectors for the auditorium, and it only cost $500 out of our general fund to be able to do that because of your faithfulness in giving. And so can I just say thank you? Thank you for doing that, okay? We're all, in, we're all in this together, right? And we provide it. But that's just, that's just a dumb sound system. I mean, we don't get excited about a sound system. We get excited about the ministry that's gonna be able to take place in this space. But we didn't just invest in sound systems over this last year. We, we were able to invest in missions. You know, we, the first thing that we do, we tithe off of the general income here, the tithes and offerings. The first 10% goes out these doors to support monthly missionaries. And we have 55 missionaries and missions organizations that we supported. And we provided, it was $95,000 we were able to send out of these doors this past year to support missionaries. But on top of that, through Kingdom Builders, and we'll talk about that in a little bit later, we were able to give, you guys gave $103,000 this past year to Kingdom Builders. And then you add our crazy youth who gave $104,000 for Speed the Light. And together, we gave about $300,000 last year to missions to go out these doors. And why, why do I end with that? That's the last thing I'm going to talk about. Why am I ending with money? Because here's the deal. We are not interested in building the kingdom of Zoe here. We are interested in being a part of building the kingdom of God. Everything that we do here is about extending his kingdom, partnering what he is already doing in the world. He's the point. We aren't. And we will continue to be that kind of a church that looks to give, not looks to build it for ourselves. Amen? All right. Cool. Well, we're going to look at 2022. Uh, just very excited about the things that God has before us. And, and as I think about, you know, a year ago, I couldn't even have imagined that God would have done what he's done over this last year, which excites me then to think about, oh, man, what are you going to do this year, God? <laughs> um, 
There's just a couple things I want to share real practically, just simple things. We're going to do some, we did kids wing renovation this last year and we did the audio this year. You know, God's been doing new stuff everywhere. We're like, hey, let's, let's finish her out a little bit. So we're going to hopefully do some renovating out in our lobby, do some renovating in our cafe and actually have a cafe at some point would be awesome. Uh, we're going to work toward that this year. Uh, another thing we're going to work at is online. As I shared, we've got 70 you know, homes or devices that regularly worship with us online every single weekend. And so uh, we really feel like that's an area we can expand in our online experience. And so we're going to work to grow that. We've got people that are in this area that only worship with us online. They don't, they're, they're not going anywhere else. And this is, you know, they're never walking in the building because they're not feeling comfortable at this point. And that's great. There's people across state lines that are worshiping with us regularly. And, and I talked this morning, we've got people in other countries that are worshiping with us regularly as well. And so that's an area that we think we have the opportunity to expand and to use every tool at our disposal to reach people for Jesus. And so we're going to work on that this coming year and invest in that a little bit. Another area that I'm excited about, how many of you know in the last couple of years with all the pressure, it's put a lot of pressure on marriages. And I guess I, I don't have to convince all of you that some of you feel that. And one of the things we've been passionate about is how can we come alongside marriages and help? And so we've got an amazing couple here, Terry and Susan Lieski, who are stepping forward to lead our marriage ministry uh, beginning this year. In the next several months, we're going to be launching a whole marriage mentorship program where couples are able to come alongside other couples and encourage them and walk through the hard stuff together just to be a support and encouragement to them. And so I'm very excited. We'll be talking about that more in the coming months. But I know some of you, this is going to be a life uh, for you. You desperately need it in your marriages, okay? I want to talk about our, uh, the financial side for a second. Again, it's not about numbers. It's about talking about where is God calling us and how can we invest in the stuff that really matters. And as I said, this past year, we've given just over $300,000 toward missions through all the different ways that we give. And I was prepared to present a number to you um, that I thought was, was big enough. But I've, as I prayed this week, I, I felt God say, that's not enough for what I'm going to do this year. I don't know what that means. Um, and so... Uh, what I felt the number God put on my heart is that this year we're going to give a half million dollars to missions through all the ways that we give, okay? So that's, that's through three things that we would give, that we would fund, obviously, for our youth. That's our youth giving. That's us giving through our missions. We give, you know, uh, this next year because of the faithfulness and the growth in our church, we're now able to probably give about $120,000 this coming year uh, to missions uh, through our mission support. And then the rest of it coming through Kingdom Builders. Now, some of you are like, what is Kingdom Builders? Kingdom Builders is our above and beyond giving. So we've got people here at the church that, are, that tithe. What is tithe? It's giving the first 10%. But there's a group of people that say, you know what? I want to go beyond that. I want to give extravagantly. I want to invest in things that matter. I don't just want to buy another gadget that's going to go bad and die. I want to invest my money in eternal things. I want to orient my finances around Christ as we talk about all the time. And so what we're, we're challenging people is to, to give toward Kingdom Builders this coming year. Again, it's for those who are already tithing, who are giving here locally, and then we're going to give above and beyond. And we challenge people to make a, make a commitment throughout the year. And so next week and the following weeks, we're going to be talking about these projects and some of the things that we're going to be investing in in this next year. But I would encourage you to start praying about it and saying, God, what would you ask of me? Listen, I don't know how we're going to come up with a half million dollars, Okay. It's not for us. This is for the kingdom of God. But I know that if every single one of us, if God has spoken it and we listen and just are obedient to what he asks of me, then God's going to do the miraculous here this year. And so I'm believing that for this church, not because we want to say, oh, cool, look what we did, because we want to continue to be a church that's about the big C church that's about the kingdom of God. Amen? 
All right, and so, so this is what we're gonna kind of look at for this next year. The last thing that I wanna share with you is really the, the core of what we feel like God's put on our heart, and this is where it starts to hit rubber meets the road for us. Is this next year, I feel like God's really challenged us to, um, to dig into the, the discipleship side of things here as a congregation. Over this last year, practically speaking, we had to put a lot of energy in just building systems to sustain a church that's gone almost three times as big in the last two to three years. Okay, it's required a lot to make that happen. But what God has put on our hearts is like, we've been able to build those systems so that we can still function. <laughs> okay, but now it's preparing to say, okay, how are we gonna continue to, to grow in our faith and create uh, things to come alongside us as believers to grow in our faith in a deeper way? And we've created a great engagement track, things like next step and opportunities to invest in ministry and those kind of things. But we feel like there's another side of that puzzle and that has to do with our discipleship and spiritual growth. And so there's three elements that we're gonna look at this next year that I'm excited to launch. The first one is, is ready to go and it will be happening here at the end of the month. It's our new believers class. Okay, just like we have next step once a month, we are gonna launch a new believers class once a month. Who is that for? It's for people who have recently made a decision to follow Christ or for those who are exploring and, and on the edge and like really, okay, I'm ready to, I may be ready for this, to be able to walk into this class, to be able to resource them with a few of the basic things to understand what that looks like, what does it mean to follow Christ, to help them through that journey, to give them some tools and those kind of things. And, uh, and we're really excited to get this. And so I would say this, the very first one is happening at the end of the month. It's the last Sunday of the month. It's gonna be happening during our morning services, just kind of like Next Step does. We'll be talking about it. But if you've come to faith in the last, you know, six to eight months, I would encourage you to come be a part of this first one, because this is going to be uh, something that will be helpful for you in our faith. And ongoing, as I said, on a weekly basis, we have people deciding to follow Christ. This is going to be something that will help people in that journey, okay? The second thing that we're going to look at has to do with Alpha. How many have ever heard of Alpha before? Okay, some of you have heard of Alpha. That's great. Um, we, we're in a place where we have people that come to faith and we wanna help in those foundational things to be able to grow in their faith a little bit. And so Alpha is a program that's designed just for that, to help understand some of the foundational truths of what it means to follow Christ for people exploring as, though, as well as those who've already made a decision to follow Jesus. And so we wanna be able to take people who've stepped from a new believers to have an opportunity to grow in that faith a little bit. And so we're gonna be expanding that opportunity. There's gonna be some large-scale Alpha opportunities as well as potentially doing some small group formats of Alpha. It's something we're looking at. But, but Alpha is also, as I shared, remember the, we talked about the fact that, you know, we got to work on our grip. You got to work on these foundational things. We as followers of Christ, we're in the same boat. There's foundational truths that sometimes we think, oh, I'm too spiritual for that. And yet we forget the basic core things. We don't live as if those things are the truth. And so what Amber and I have decided is that we want to be able to lead the church through something like this. And so our winter session is going to be kicking off February 9th, Wednesday. It's Wednesday nights. It's a seven-week session kicking off February 9th. And we, Amber and I are going to co-lead an alpha for the entire church. And we're going to lead our entire church through this. And so the challenge is for every single one, I want to see every one of you participate in this in some way. There's some of you, again, you're going to say, well, I've been following Jesus for a long time. I don't need this. I guarantee you, we're going to design this in a way that is challenging for every single person, no matter where you're at in your faith. But I also know this, that you could be the answer to someone else's prayer by coming and participating in this, to be a mature believer who can help encourage those that are growing in their faith, okay? And so I'm, we're going to be launching and opening that up next Sunday. We'll make registration available for that, but just know that is coming. And the last thing uh, that we're talking about is, uh, is our new groups model. And this year we're working on something and it's not fully formed. It probably won't even start till uh, summertime. Uh, but looking at saying, okay, how can we get people into relationships where they actually are growing in their faith? 
Some churches will devise, you know, 53 classes that you can go through, and this is how you're going to be a mature believer. And at the end of that, you know a lot, but don't do anything different. And our desire is to say, how do we get ourselves into relationships where we come around the word of God, we challenge each other in our faith, and then we hold each other accountable with where we're going? How do we do that? And we're working on that. There's a system that actually has, has been prevalent all around the world. It just hasn't been very prevalent in America. In countries like Iran, in India, in Nepal, and some of these amazing places, they're having explosions of the church through some of this discipleship stuff. And so we're looking at some of that and implementing some of that here. We can be humble enough as American Christians who think we got it all together to learn from the, national, or the international church and see what is God doing around the world and how can we be a part of it. And so just know that that is something we're going to be working toward. And my prayer is that, that at the end of this year, every one of us could say we've got relationships in our life, not just people at church that we just like chit-chat with and talk about the Vikings because they're awful. But when we have relationships, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that just came out. Um, but that we have relationships in our life where we care for one another, where we, we challenge one another in our faith. Amen? That's the goal for this year, Okay. Uh, as I wrap up here, I want to I wanna close with a big so what. We always have a so what, right? So what? What's the point of this thing? Um, there's, a, there's two words that I have for you here this morning. This is what, as I was praying for 2022, these are the two words God dropped in my heart. I was like, okay, this is, this is when I, I'm like, okay, what does that really mean for us? And, and I had a picture that kind of came to mind, and it was, uh, how many out there like to eat? You're, you like to eat, Okay. Like, some people, like, need to eat. Like, I just like to eat. Like, I sometimes, like, mm, so good. Okay, I kind of want to eat right now. All right, but there's that meal for you. I don't know what it is for you. For me, it's Thanksgiving meal. You know, maybe it's a Christmas meal. Maybe it's another meal throughout the year when it's just amazing, right? For me, it's like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, you got this beautiful meal, all this food. There. You got the turkey. You got all the stuff. Oh, it's just so good. It's like, oh, this is so good, right? And then somebody's like, we got to pray. And like, okay, yeah, we got to pray. I, I want to eat. I want to eat, right? And then somebody gets the bright idea. Let's go around and say what we're thankful for. Like, could we have done that before the food was ready, you know? But everybody goes around. And then my favorite two words, right? Somebody, whoever's in charge, finally says, all right, all right, all right. Dig in. Dig in. And this is the word, the phrase that I felt like God spoke to us here today. Dig in. If you came in and you are given a fork, I want you to grab the fork right now, okay? If you missed out, some of you might have caught in a different door or something like that. You grab one on your way out the door here, but some of you are like, finally, we're going to get to this fork. I don't know why I've been holding this thing. But here's a picture that I had. I think for a lot of us in, as believers, we unfortunately, we've got this beautiful table. God's got this beautiful table available for you. But for many of us, we're like, uh, you know, we kind of look like a 20-year-old or a 40-year-old or a 60-year-old baby. Why? We're pulled up to this beautiful table with all this amazing stuff available to us, and we're just sitting there waiting for somebody to jam the spoon in their mouth for us. Will somebody feed me? And my challenge to us this year is that we would dig in. Dig in. We as a church, we are going to do everything that we can to provide opportunities for you. So we talked about these different areas, new believers, alphas, groups, all these kind of things. There's going to be places to serve, get to be a part. We're going to give you opportunities to invest, all those things. But at the end of the day, those are just opportunities. The table will be set. The question is, are you going to dig in? 
And I think oftentimes in our faith, God said, listen, I've given you everything you need. Would you just, would you come to me? And we're just sitting there waiting for somebody else to feed us. And I will just pray this year that every one of us as individuals, every one of us as believers, that we would grab the fork this year, (laughs) that we would grab the fork and that we would dig in to our faith personally, right? God, that we would say, man, I want to dig into my, I want to get into the word like I never had before. May I pursue him like never before. I want to I want to get into prayer like I never have before. Maybe I need to get back to church. I just haven't been coming very often. I need I need to get back here and be a part of the community, investing a little bit. I want to dig in this year. When I get to the next year, when we stand on this stage, you know, a year from now, and I talk about it, I want every one of us to be be able to say, "Man, I am deeper in my faith than I was a year ago." I'm not looking back into my history to some other time when I was pursuing God. I've been pursuing God and I know him more and I'm walking closer to him than ever before. Oh, is everything in my life perfect? No, because it's not going to be, right? But I am close to him by because I have taken the fork and I said, I'm all in, God. I want to know you more. My prayer also is that we as a church would do the same thing. That corporately, the temperature of this church would rise as we all individually take the commitment to say, God, I'm all in. I want to pursue you. I want to know you. I don't want to be a mile wide and an inch deep when it comes to our faith. I don't want to just be a church that has a large gathering of people who like the show we put on on Sunday, who like the band or think I'm funny enough to show up again, right? I want people who are coming and saying, man, I'm all in with this Jesus. When I stand before him someday, and I give an account for how I led us and how Amber and I have led this church, if we are not leading you into deeper commitment to Christ, then we have failed you as a church. So my prayer, would we dig in? So I ask you, if you would, would you stand up with me across the room? I want you to hold on to your fork. I want you to do something, okay? It's gonna be a little dumb, but we're gonna do it anyways. If you're here, you say, God, I'm all in. I wanna dig in this year. I want, you, I want you to put your fork in the air, all right? Fork's in the air, everybody. There you go, okay? So God, I want to be in. I want to dig in this year, all right? And I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you, all right? Jesus, this is kind of weird holding a fork in the air. But God, I pray that the symbol of this would be true. God, I pray this year we would truly dig into our faith like never before. God, that we wouldn't wait for somebody else to shove food in our mouths, but God, we would grab the fork and we would take the provision that you've made available to us. God, you've given us everything we need for life and righteousness. And so God, I pray that we would pursue that. God, that we would take advantage of that. This year, we would get into your word. This year, we would spend time with you in prayer. This year, we would be a part of the body, fellowshipping with the body, that we would be with others that we challenge, that we are challenged by. God, I pray that we would look different. And Lord, I pray that the spiritual temperature of our church would change this year. God, that there would be a deeper passion than we've ever had before. God, there would be a community that isn't just filled with a feeling, but filled with a substance. God, as we are near to Christ, God, as we have your spirit flowing in and through us. God, I pray when people walk in these doors, they wouldn't talk about us. I pray that they would talk about you because they experience your presence. God, that this is a place where you are welcome. God, may that be a reality because we have chosen to say, God, we're yours. We're all in this year, God. Help us, Lord. God, in the times when we fail, God, may we be reminded that therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But instead, may we respond by once again saying, I turn to you. 
I repent and I turn to you. And may we just turn to you over and over and over again this year. God, I pray in 2023, Lord, every one of us could genuinely say we know Jesus better today than we did last year. Help us on that journey, we pray. In the name of Jesus, everybody said.